My name is Jordan Carroll. I'm white. I grew up in <laughs> rural Indiana. Um, before moving to Chicago, I worked in both LA and New York uh, at an ad agency, and currently I work here in Chicago um, at a post-production company called The Mill, where I primarily do computer graphics for um, TV commercials. Thank you. Good morning. My name's Deb. Um, I'm also white. <laughs> and I am a parent of three children who are black, and I have two black, black brothers who are married to black women, so we have a very multicultural family. Um, I was born in Ohio, but grew up largely in the suburbs here, um, and then was away for college, law school in New York, um, and then back to here. So I am a lawyer by trade, um, and so it may not be obvious, I guess, why I'm on the media panel, but I would say that um, I follow the news very closely, spent the first seven years of my career in government work, um, care more than normal about politics. <laughs> Just <laughs> called myself abnormal, it's all good. Um, and so I think I have some perspectives on the media that might be useful. Hello, my name is Damon Harid, I am African American. Uh, <laughs> and I um, originally born in Chicago, um, moved south to um, place called Decatur, Illinois, a couple hours south of Chicago. Um, grew up there majority of my life, then moved to Columbus, Ohio to finish out high school and then moved back to Chicago to pursue my education at Columbia College, Chicago. Um, and I am a Christian artist, Christian singer, and um, I as well think I have some perspectives on media that might be yeah. useful. It also leads our worship team. Do y'all enjoy worship here at Renewal? Now we've embarrassed him. Hey, it's okay. I got to do it every now and then. So when you guys look at the media, I mean, there's so much we could talk about in, in terms of media. Um, and when we say media, it's broad. I'm not just talking about, as you can see, the people on this panel, I'm not just talking about artistry or social media, but we can bring politics in there. We can bring the news in, the radio, whatever it may be. Um, when you think about the media and how things happen in society, what are some things that you're like, man, I noticed that maybe you, Jordan, jumping in just like, uh, how, how things are even put on TV and uh, what's some things that may need to change with that? One of my uh, first experiences, I think, with race in the media, um, like I said, my background is in advertising, um, comes from the companies that put the stuff out there. Um, when I was, I think, 20 years old, doing an internship in LA, a guy befriended me and um, he was African-American and we were having a conversation and I naively made a comment about how diverse this industry is. Mm. And he looked at me and said, how many African-American, how many black guys have you met yet? And I said, one, because he was the only one. Um, mm. From my background, it was a very diverse industry, um, but the reality is it's not. It doesn't exactly represent um, the diversity, uh, the racial makeup of the United States. Um, and that's, there's a direct correlation to what you see on TV. Um, or on your phones, or uh, just advertising in general to the companies that put it out there. That's good, that's good, that's good. Dev, you, you have a different experience, not necessarily working in the, the media's atmosphere, but also you, you pay attention to a lot of media, and um, you see different things, and you are the mother of three black kids, um, so you have to translate media in a different way. So, I mean, could you just talk about that, whether it be the social media platform, things that you see there um, that you notice on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe some things that might need to change. Uh, why do you pay attention to it so much? Yeah. Um, 
so lots of questions there, but let me start with this because it just happened in the last week. So yeah. one of the things I, I shared earlier was that um, paying attention to media this week has meant this for me. So there was some uh, news reports related to the Super Bowl and um, some Black Lives Matter protests that happened in advance of the Super Bowl. I have no reason to think that they were violent. There were some protesters outside the Super Bowl. Um, they were black. Uh, five of them were arrested prior to the Super Bowl even starting. So Super Bowl goes on. Philadelphia Eagles win. Great for Philly. Anybody from there? Um, first one ever. We know how it feels to have a first, Chicago Cubs fans, okay? Now. So the city of Philly kind of goes wild. But that's how the news said it. Oh, overzealous celebratory fans in Philadelphia turned over cars, set things on fire, destroyed destroyed stores. But guess what? When you look at that media, when you look at the picture of it, mm. these were all white people doing this. Okay? No one said thugs. No one mm. said rioting. No one said looting. There weren't mass arrests. And yet we have this, this contrast of pre-Super Bowl, five black people arrested for quietly protesting outside the gates. Post-Super Bowl, mm. complete city destruction. I'm overstating to make a point, okay? City dest destruction of things and little to no arrest. And most importantly for this panel, the way the media characterized it. Yeah. Okay? So when we see black crime, we talk about thugs and we talk about scary words because it elicits a, a visceral reaction from us. When we talk about white crime, we say they had a poor, a poor upbringing and they're mentally ill. And isn't this anomaly? It's anomalous behavior for yeah. this, this child or this person. And we're so much more apt to excuse it or write it off. And so to get to the second part of your question, Derek, why is this important? My kids, your kids, your future kids, your students, if you're teachers, are watching. They're watching your reaction to this. I can promise you that if any of my three children were in this room, number one, they've heard about things like this at school, or they're intentionally talking about it at school. Because we're in Oak Park and our schools are about 50% white and 50% not white, so they take these issues head on every day. And if you are not a person who's standing up and saying, I don't like how they said that, I don't like how they characterized that, that's not okay, you know, here's, here's what the whole picture looks like, then you're doing a disservice to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if he were here sitting on this panel today, mm. he would be outraged. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, Damon, you, you, you have a little different experience, too, just being able, being an artist um, and the things that you have to go through um, and the things that you think through. Could you share a little bit of your experience and just kind of why that's unique? Um, well, I'll say, like, of course, the majority of my life, I've been up, um, in predominantly African-American churches. Um, and so kind of in this new arena of, you know, Christian walking or whatever, I'm um, encountering stuff like this. So like different um, audiences where some of the people are sometimes predominantly, you know, white and we're used to um, used to what I'm used to. But now we're coming into a whole different thing, whereas it um, there's like this slight like acceptance, but kind of not because the truth is you're still black. But. We love you, but you're black, you know, kind of thing. And um, you, f you can, sometimes you can feel that a little bit. Um, and as far as change, I think that we should just still um, continue to cross those lines and become more integrated and really, to me, just kind of really make 
again, we all come from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different cultures and things like that. So um, I think the center thing should all, of course, would always be, you know, Jesus, the love of Jesus and how to make his name great. How do we do that? You know, and um, I think that happens when we kind of just put differences aside, but not only just to put them aside, but to kind of um, take that moment to actually connect with someone that is from a different culture than you are. But at the same time, still have a um, common um, foundational, I want to say interest, but a foundational thing, which is Jesus. And I think that in itself will make things more collective. Like as of recently, I think this, this week, um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of Elevation Worship. Um, they just put out an album um, where they kind of integrated some of the more uh, um, black, you know, Afri American, African-American uh, worship leaders in the world. And they kind of put them in the on the record and stuff like that, and which is cool. And I think that's really good. Um, I just really hope just in that the one thing I thought about, like, I really hope they're kind of uh, crossing the lines to actually like, I don't know, to be a, just let it be more than just music. It's just, you know, more than music, but to actually accept, you know, each other, you know, in a real way and really let Jesus really be the center and the focus for what they're doing. That's and, good. That's uh, good. Yeah. So that's kind of. That's good. I know you're pretty passionate about that. When we were talking to DeMond trying to figure out if he'd be the worship leader here at Renewal, he's telling me some of his favorite artists. And number one was like Bethel. And I'm like, what Bethel? Like, you black dude from Chicago, you like Bethel? <laughs> Bethel, and he sings Bethel and all those different things. And, and what we do here is very unique, singing gospel, singing hymns and CCM, all of that, blending it together, but and still bringing people together. So um, I want to talk about social media a little bit. You know, social media is, is huge right now, and, and we got a lot of people that are on their platforms and using them for good, some of them using them for bad, but... I like to call them Twitter thugs and social media soldiers. You got all these different people in between. You know, so Deb, you pay attention to this a lot, you know, and, um, and, and, and you use your social I'm media too. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. I love it. It, it, just, it. Just talk to us about that a little bit and just kind of social media and how, should we be paying attention to this? Because I could look at it and for like eight minutes and I'm going to get depressed afterwards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. So why is it important? Um, it's important because something you guys aren't going to get to experience that the first per service got to experience. I'm going to jump ahead here for a minute. Um, a, a later panel shared a very serious story during one of the panels, in my opinion, and I had a visceral reaction to it. I told Derek during the break, I thought my head was going to explode. I didn't know if I could talk the rest, okay? So I'm using that as a platform for here's why I think social media is important. Um, and no, I'm not saying y'all need to go sign up for Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. I'm just suggesting that this is something that you be aware of. Because again, I believe if Jesus was here, he would be watching and he'd be listening and he'd be challenging. Because what I see when I get on Twitter is a lot of crap, okay? People feel emboldened standing behind a computer screen to say whatever they feel they need to say. And when it goes unchecked, it becomes gospel, not Jesus's gospel, but it becomes the truth somehow. And so we as believers mm. in Jesus, I think are at, we, how many scriptures are there about justice and mercy and fighting for the oppressed? It is over and over and over throughout scripture. So when I pop on Twitter and I see something that flies in the face of truth and justice and mercy and Jesus, you better believe it, I'm gonna say something. 
and on Facebook as well. And some days, you know, where I'm in that place where there's so much media coming at me that I just feel like is not of him and it's not truth and it's not gospel, I'm posting on Facebook, I'm like, this is crap and this is crap too and this is crap too. And then I was saying earlier, and then I take him down because I'm like, I don't want y'all judging me like she's some political wahoo, you know, whatever. And I saw Nina in the first service, she was doing this at me. And you know why? Because I'm a white voice saying no, and she doesn't want me to take that down. Be the white voice saying no to it. Be that voice. Because other people are seeing it, and even if they don't click like on your post, and you only got one like on that one, well, forget it. They see you, okay? They see you. They're seeing it, and those messages need to be challenged over and over and over, and you're going to hear me say it ad nauseum, because of my people, my three kids, because I love this man, I love him and his wife, and all of you of color in this room, and I will not stop talking, because that's what Jesus would have done. Amen. 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 Well, my brother Jordan, you, you kind of have a unique experience with this, too, and you just kind of get to see... Um, you get to see it before it comes out sometimes. And um, you work in a different, it's still hard for me to explain what he actually does, but it's coolest job up in here. I love it. Um, yeah, he makes things come to life in the, in the, in the, in the commercial. So <laughs> would you just share with us a little bit, just kind of that atmosphere and, and just the process of what people are thinking through. I mean, are they taking it into account or are they doing it enough? Just, just what people see on the other side of it. What's that kind of look like? Um, Yes, I can try briefly, yeah. but um, something that came up in a later panel earlier this morning was um, to tick a box. Mm -hmm. So you were saying, you know, are people talking about it? And it's like, yeah, people are kind of talking about, we need to make sure we're representing uh, a diverse audience on these commercials or on this campaign or that campaign. And that's simply to tick a box. Because what I've experienced is similar to my story, within all the companies I've worked in, there's a lack of racial diversity. Yeah. And I think that comes down to um, being intentional about the hires that you're making and searching out uh, not just a handful of qualified people, but specific qualified people um, so that we're representing the world that we live in um, and making sure that the stuff we're putting out there is you know, not just coming from one person's voice, but from multiple people's voices. Yeah. And um, yeah. So we should be intentional in our media and folks, especially when we're thinking about it. So, mm -hmm. um, so we, we, can, we can all agree that this is like a gospel issue, that, that Jesus would care about this. Now, and talk to me a, bit, a little bit about that, Dev. You kind of mentioned it. Just if, if Jesus was here, would he have a, a Twitter account? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he would. Okay. Yeah, um, you think he'd have a Twitter account? I, I mean, yeah. maybe. Because you know what? <laughs> maybe he wouldn't get an avenue to speak to the president. But if the president wants to tweet and that's an avenue to stand up against some of the things that you see that are not right, yeah, I went there. You can talk to me after. I'm not speaking for Derek. I'm speaking for Deb. Um, but yeah. if, there's, <laughs> if there's something being put out there that is not right, okay, if Jesus is going to use an avenue to that person's heart, um, and if that's the way that it needs to start, believe me, I wish I could sit and talk to people one-on-one -on -one about some of the things I see and really have a heart conversation with them. But we're in 2018 and we have social media. So I do think that he would use it to reach the masses the way plenty of people, I mean, I have what on Twitter, you can go look maybe a hundred followers, but you know, those hundred people, they get where I stand, right? Um, so <laughs> what I'm saying is if you're going to reach the masses that way, 
then, then I think that Jesus would use it to reach the masses as well. So we should care about, we, we should, should care, care about, about our social media platforms and media period. So this is a gospel issue. Anything you guys want to add or could add to this, like, is this a gospel issue media period? Why is this a gospel issue? Any last tidbits on this, Damon or Jordan? Yeah, one of the things that um, is very similar to what Deb was saying is um, all the media that we encounter is very targeted. Uh, a lot of times it's literally created just for me yeah. because of, you know, my interests. Yes, and um, I think that one of the things that we need to be aware of, uh, like Deb mentioned for her kids, is translating that this is not what the Bible says. Wow. But not just for our kids, but for ourselves that, um, you know, just reevaluate is this of God or is it something that the devil is trying to use uh, to steer me away from the Bible? That's good. That's good. So we should pay attention to the media outlets, be critical about, I know Debbie, you talked about this a couple of years ago, nude stockings. Why are they, why do they look the color they are? And they're not new for everybody. Just, just media, the commercials and things that we, and it's a lot of them coming up right now with football. Well, Super Bowl just passed and Olympics now. So just paying, paying attention to what's happening around us uh, in today's society. Um, this is a gospel issue, deeply gospel issue, um, with, and Jesus would care about media today. So thank you guys for sharing this morning. Would you guys put your hands together for this, for these guys?